Well, good morning, everyone. I'm really glad you're here with us today at Church in the Valley. Glad you decided to spend some time with us. Uh, my name is Jeep Underwood, and today we're going to be looking at we're going to be starting a new series called uh, just about the family, and we're going to be we're going to be looking at family life and helping our families become more of what God really wants them to be. That's what we're going to be looking at in this series. You know, families families really shape our lives in very powerful ways. Um, you know, no no family's perfect. But wherever your family is on the spectrum, it's really shaped who you are. It's really shaped who you are. Um, this morning, I want to just talk just a little bit about just a little bit of my upbringing and just kind of the shaping that happened in my family. You know, I grew I grew up in Central California, up in the High Sierras, uh, up in the mountains, so just below the Pine Tree Line. So very different from where I've raised my kids here in Los Angeles. Uh, just it was, it was a great place to grow up as a kid, and. There was a there was a ski resort only about 45 minutes away, so we like traveled up there, went to the ski resort. Uh, my my high school actually had ski days where they would take you up and you could go skiing for like a day, like every three weeks they'd say send us up there. Uh, it was very rural. Our nearest neighbor, uh, our nearest neighbor, if you uh, if the wind was blowing right and you yelled really loud, they might hear you. <laughs> so we were like out in the middle of nowhere up on a mountain. Uh, and we actually had seasons. You know, there were there were actually the snow would fall sometimes. Uh, it would actually get hot in the summer and cold in the winter and snow. And but uh, as a kid, snow days was something you always look forward to. You know, it was like they would cancel school because there was too much snow. My kids have never experienced that here in Los Angeles, but uh, that was a big part of my that's a big part of like the context of where I grew up. I went I went to a public school till I was about sixth grade, and then my mom and dad. You know, we didn't have a lot of money, but my mom and dad really sacrificed to send me to a, uh, a Christian school. They wanted me to, to move over to a Christian school when I was in sixth grade. And then it was a small school, and so give you some kind of an idea of how small, uh, my uh, graduating high school class was 14 people. So, you know, you get to know 14 people. You kind of go life through life with them, and uh, you really get to kind of know each other. Um, then... I've shared this. I shared some things before about my dad being in construction, but my dad became a licensed contractor when I was about ten years old. And from a, as a little boy, I grew up working with my dad in construction, and just just going working on the job with my dad. So in the summers, for like forty-hour weeks, I spent time working with my dad. I learned a lot of construction skills. I also learned one of the things I really learned from my dad was a work ethic. Is that you know just uh, working hard. The idea that working hard was normal. And a lot of, you know, a lot of the guys that I, that I was going to high school with, that wasn't normal for them. They, they got jobs and they began to work and they're like, man, this is crazy. I'm like, well, it's just normal. You know, you just, that's what you do. You work hard. And that, you know, that really shaped me. That, in fact, it's really shaped me and really helped me throughout my whole career. Um, my parents, my parents were believers. And so I grew up in the church and, you know, my mom's love for God and her love for his word, they, they really shaped me. It really marked me. Uh, I didn't get uh, real serious about God until I was in my 20s, but it was really that model that I had in my mom that, that, really, uh, that really shaped me as I, as I began to pursue God on my own. And then one thing else is my, my, dad, my dad is a real storyteller. And so I used to love, we'd sit around the table, we'd be at the table at dinner time, and he'd tell stories about when he was in high school. Uh, which usually ended up with him being in trouble in some way. Uh, and then he'd tell stories in the, when he's in the army. And he would really like, he'd just get us to laugh. We'd just spend a lot of time laughing around the table. And, 
you know, now that really shaped me. And telling stories is something that I really love to do. Telling stories is something, and making people laugh is something I really like to do, which really got me in trouble a lot in high school. <laughs> but uh, usually my teachers were laughing as they got me in trouble, but uh, I was still in trouble. Um, but that, that really shaped me. In fact, the decisions that my parents made on how to live their lives, that really shaped me, just the day-to-day decisions on how they did that. And as, as I'm speaking this morning, I really invite you to just take, a, just take a little bit of time and just think about the impact that your family's had on you because our families have all shaped us. Well, in, the, in this series, we're going to be looking at the question, how can I help my family be more of what God wants it to be? What, how can I help my family be more of what God wants it to be? You know, it's easy to, it's easy to get uh, kind of fall on. There's kind of a, I guess you'd call it a myth, kind of a myth in our culture that, that good families are just, they just kind of come together like fairy tales. You know, if, if, you, if you're lucky, you get one. If you're not lucky, you don't get one. But uh, if that were true, then, you know, if we did, if we are, if our family had issues, then we'd be really stuck because uh, it just didn't happen for us. But thankfully, that is not true. That's not true at all. Uh, a strong, enjoyable family, it isn't, it isn't a fairy tale that happens to you. It's really something, it's something that you build. It's something you build with intention. And what God has done, he really, he really desires us to have a lot of help in building our families. And what God has done is he's given us a blueprint for family life in the scriptures. Now, when you're, when you're building, like you're building a house or you're building a, a construction project, you really need to have blueprints uh, to, to know what to build. That really, the blueprints, you know, there's a design team that's taking a look at what they want to build. And then the blueprints are actually a communication Device, they're a communication vehicle to whoever's building to know how to build what you're, what you're building. And the, the, the plans and the plans and the, the blueprints, it's really a, it's kind of a vision and a plan for really what needs to be built. And so what I want to do today is I want to, I want to just show you guys a, a project. There's the first flood control project that I was a part of uh, at the Corps of Engineers. I want to kind of walk you through this concept, this idea of like plans and, and, uh, and blueprints. And actually, what actually is this, is constructed? So, I can take a look at the screen. This is a, this is a nondescript picture of a piece of dirt. You know, this this there's really you look at this and you go, well, there you go. Uh, what you see down coming down through here, this is a flood control wash. It's a it's a wash, a dry wash, and this is in Las Vegas area. And what you don't see right off the end of the screen is uh, Las Vegas, the city of Las Vegas, and there's a lot of flood waters that come down through here in a flash flood, and they could really endanger people downstream. And so, our our direction was to was to control that flood. So what we did is we had a design team. We got together and we thought through like how big does the structure need to be? How does it need to operate? And let's go ahead and go to the next slide. This is what we this is ultimately what we designed, and it's the exact same piece, but this is the structure is tall enough. It holds enough water. And then right here in this middle part, there's a spillway that if the water gets too deep, it spills over that spillway, and so it doesn't damage the dam if the, if the water gets too deep. So let's go ahead to the next slide. So these, these, are the, these are the blueprints. Then this blueprint, this is a, a wall, the spillway wall and how it's supposed to look and how we wanted the contractor to build it so they would actually be strong enough and actually convey the floods. Next, next slide. And this, this is a cross-section of the spillway itself. At the top, there's something called an OG weir that makes the water go over smoothly. 
And then there's all these stair steps to dissipate energy. So it beats up the energy, takes it out of the water before it goes downstream and causes damage. So that, that was kind of the plan and the vision behind what it is we wanted to do to, uh, to really control that flood. So let's take a look at the construction. Here's the construction of that, of that spillway wall. It's a roller compacted concrete, which is kind of an interesting concept, but they, they, you see the contractor, he's in there, he's building it, he's, he's following exactly what it is we've said to do. In fact, if he doesn't, he doesn't get paid. So, so he's following exactly what we said to do. So go to the next slide. And then this is them building the spillway steps going up to the crest of the dam before they build the OG weir. And then go ahead and go to the next slide. This is the, this is the final product. So this is, this is the, this is the flood control facility that was designed and, and built so that now the floods are controlled coming down to that wash so that they don't damage the people downstream. That's really, that was the final product. That was the vision that the team had and that's really what the contractor delivered. And, you know, building a dam. Now, if you went out there, if the contractor went out there and he's, we just said, here's what we want you to do. Go control the dam. Go control the, go control the flood. And just do whatever you think you need to do. And he just went out there and just started constructing. You'd have a very different picture than the one that's behind the screen. It would just, I don't know what it would be. I don't even know if it would function. But you just have a very, you'd have, you'd basically have a mess. And so, you know, really when you're, when we're building our families, you know, if you build a family without the right blueprint, that you can really cause a lot of problems if you're building to the wrong blueprint. And what we're going to look at in this series is that, is that we really need God's blueprint for how to build our families and that he really wants, he really wants to help us do that. So today I'd like, as we begin discovering God's ideal for families, uh, I'd like, to, I'd like to take just a snapshot. We're going to look just a snapshot of what Paul and Peter communicate are some of the very essential ingredients in family. So we're going to walk through a few verses pretty quickly. You go to Ephesians 6, 1 and 2. It says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise. We really need to teach our kids, really, just they need to, they need to obey. Then the next, the next one in Colossians 3, 18, it says, Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. There's, there's a, there's a uh, lady that I was talking to at work one time, and she had a real problem with this verse. She goes, you, you don't know my husband. And I, and, and I didn't, but, uh, but she didn't know is the, is the very next verse. The very next verse, it says, husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. That those things really work in tandem with each other. You have your, your the wife really respecting her husband and then the, the husband really loving their wife and really treating them with consideration. And then, uh, go on to Colossians 3.21. It says, Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. One version, one version says, do not exasperate your kids. You know, this, this is probably the area that I, I probably mess up the most. Um, you know, you, you talk to your kids and you, you may mean something very positive, like very positive. It might be some discipline that needs to come or maybe some instruction that you really want to give them because you really want them to learn something that's really going to help them. But for some reason, when it comes out of your mouth, it just comes out a little different. They, they take it very differently. And when the words come out, it just frustrates them because they feel like they can't measure up to what you're saying. And, and on my part, it's like, but I'm just trying to sell the truth. I'm just trying to help them understand. But that's just something, there's something about being a dad. As a dad, your, your words just weigh a lot. And, uh, 
and it really can help make your kids feel like they're not measuring up. So you, so one thing that really helps me is Proverbs 15 too. It says the tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable. It's really just to learn, just to learn how to better express the, the goodwill that I have towards my kids and the, the help that I want to give them. And, and to really apologize for when I say things that actually, they come out, they come out and they actually frustrate them. There's many times I wish I could take my words back. But anyway, that's, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. That's something I'm always working on. Then we look at Peter. In 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 7, it says, Husbands in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives. Treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you in the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. You know, Peter's just saying be very considerate to your wives and just respect them and just know that when Jesus died for, when Jesus died on the cross, he died for her as well. And that you guys are really connected and that he's really, she's really God's daughter and he takes that very seriously. So these, these are just a snapshot and kind of a summary of, of some of the ideal things that God really wants us to have in our families. In fact, if we were to summarize, it would be just husbands love your wives and be considerate. Um, it would be wives submit to your husbands, children obey your parents, and fathers don't irritate your children. You know, it'd just be <clears throat> that's very that's very idealistic. It's a very idealistic picture, but it's really a picture of where God would really love for each of our families to be. And but when you when you look at one thing, one thing Andy Stanley says is that when you look when you look at what's real. In your, in your, in your family and you look at what the ideal is, you see the gap. You see the gap and you see how you're not measuring up for that and it creates a real tension. And that tension is really, it's really met by God's grace. That tension is really met by God's grace. And that's what Jesus often did is he would teach and he would point towards a standard, an ideal. And then he would be very clear that he, he refused to condemn those who fell short of it. He really accepted people where they were at, but he kept, he kept the standard where it was at. You, you really see that in like the the woman that was caught in adultery that he that he that he talks with. He said he asked the people that accuse her. He says, "Where are your accusers?" And she says, "Well, they all left." He says, "Well, I don't condemn you either." And so he says, "But then go go and sin no more." So he keeps the truth in front of her that what she did was wrong, but he really he really shows he really shows compassion and forgiveness to her, and uh, he doesn't condemn her where she's at. So what you see is that. With Jesus is that he raises the standard high, but his grace goes deeper. So the standard gets raised higher, but the grace goes deeper. And that's what John chapter 1 says about Jesus is that he was full of grace and truth. He wasn't just gracious and he wasn't just truthful. He was really both. He had both of those in his hands at the same time. And that's why, that's why we can, we can deal with the tension that's, that's between where our family is really at and where our family really ought to be, and what God's ideal is for our family. We can really deal with that tension because of God's grace. And the, you know, the, the subject, the subject of family, it can, it can really bring up a, just a feeling of, of guilt where you're at. But just remember that there's really grace for us, and that God really wants to help us build from where we're at, and He doesn't want to beat us up for where we're at. He really wants to help us from where we're at. So, you know, as we work towards that ideal, as we work towards that ideal, there's at least a couple of things that God wants to happen in our families as we're doing this. One is he really wants us to team up together. He really wants us to team up together. 
Uh, look at Genesis, the very first chapter in Genesis, in verse 28. Uh, Moses quotes God and saying, God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. That he really wants us to have kids. And he really wants that word subdue there really means to to bring something under control. And so what God's saying here is that he really wants us to get control of something and make it useful for a purpose. To get control of something and make it useful for a purpose. And so I think I think back of Blue Diamond Dam, I think, you know, we were trying to get control of that that flood. That's really the purpose that we were trying to do. And we we designed it. We figured out, like, what it would take to actually do that. And then uh, a contractor actually built what we designed, and it's in the ground. And now it's useful for that purpose. It's actually achieving that purpose right now. But it took a team of people. It took geotechnical engineers. It took hydraulic engineers. It took uh, structural engineers. It took design engineers. It took a, lo- a whole team of people to put that together so that it would really achieve that purpose. And it took real leadership. And that's really, that's really the same thing for family. That's the same kind of teaming up that God really wants to do in family. And the God, you know, God really entrusts us with the things to take care of as a family. Uh, and many, many of these things are just the everyday things of life. Uh, it might, it's just things like, you know, cleaning the house, uh, mowing the lawn, changing diapers, depending on how old your kids are, uh, paying the bills, doing the dishes, uh, just things that have to be done around the house. And also just, you know, reaching out to people that are around your family. One, one thing our family is, has always loved to do is, is just to have some different events at our house and invite people over. And when Kate and I started out, my wife and I started out, there were two of us doing that. And so when you're getting, making your house looks like it always does, uh, it takes a little while. And, uh, but then when you have, as our kids got older, they begin to step onto the team. And so one thing now, when we have an event, we have five people working. And I tell you what, it is a whole different animal when you have five people working. And the same thing with, with everything in family is the more you're pulling the same direction and pulling with each other, the more things you can really achieve and make happen. And then another thing that God really wants to see as we're moving towards the ideal, we're, we're moving towards what God wants in our families, is that we just really help develop character and values in our kids. It's just to develop character and value in our kids, values in our kids. In uh, Malachi 2.15 uh, he's speaking on, he's talking about marriage. He says, did they not make them one with a portion of the spirit for their inner union? And what was the one God seeking? Godly offspring. Really what, what God wants us to do is he wants us to raise, raise godly kids. Kids that their character has been marked and becomes more and more like God's character. And that's, that's really what we're, that's really what we're aiming at. You know, uh, and really to do that, you know, life, life in the family, it's really a lab. It's really a laboratory for developing that kind of character. You know, your kids, they really, they learn how to bear up under, uh, pressure by watching you. They see when things happen hard, they're, they're watching you and they're seeing how you handle it. They're learning some things and it's leaving an impact in their life. You know, they're, uh, when you, when you mess up, when you blow it, they're watching you to see how you handle that. You know, do you clear it up? Or do you, do you go on like, like it didn't, nothing ever really happened? Uh, do you, do you try to make it right? And do you aim to really change? Do you aim to really change? 
That, those are things that they really pick up on, and it really uh, it really marks them and it shapes them. You know, the the, the ideal in the family is the is the, is the parents really learn how to walk with God themselves and really work on becoming more and more godly themselves and then really pass that on to their kids in the way they're living their lives. So over this, over the next several weeks, uh, in this series, we're going to be, we're going to be looking at, uh, relationships, how to have good relationships in your family. We're going to be looking at, uh, how to deal with conflict in your family. Cause if you've been in a family for very long, you know that's coming. There's always conflict. Um, and then expectations. You know, how do you deal with expectations in the family where different folks are putting expectations on other people? How do you deal with that in the family life? And then how to face trouble together when hard things come. When you're dealing with hard things, how do you, how do you face that as a family and pull together in a family in the face of that? And then just the power source of, of our family. Like, just the way that God really wants to be involved in the, the power and the help that he wants to give us. We're going to be looking at that as well. So let's, let's not, as we go forward into this series, as we go forward into this week, let's not underestimate just the impact of family life on us and also on our kids and just the impact that we can have on them and really work towards, you know, being more and more like God's ideal. So as I, as we get, as I start wrapping up today, I just wanted you know, the question I like to ask is, how can I help my family be more of what God wants it to be? How can I help my family be more of what God wants it to be? One thing is, is just to ask God to help me be more of a team player. You can ask God to help you be more of a team player. You know, ask you, ask God to show you how you can use the everyday tasks of life to really strengthen your family relationships and the character of your kids. How can you use actually what you're going through? And then uh, another thing is just really make a decision. Just make a decision that you're going to follow God's ideal blueprint. You're going to follow God's ideal blueprint. Uh, so take that in. Those you know, just you treat your wife considerably that she would, she would really uh, respect you, that your kids would obey you, and that you would, uh, you'd really just take care of your your kids and not embitter them. To really work towards that ideal. But as you are, as you see where your family's really at. And you see the ideal that, that uh, Paul and Peter have really laid out for us. And you see the gap. Just remember. Remember that the standard is high, but the grace is deeper. Remember the standard is high, but the grace is deeper. And that God really does want to help us. He really wants, us, he really wants to walk with us and help us to really become those kind of people that really relate to our family that way. So for all of us, just remember that for all of us, there's grace. For all of us, there's forgiveness. And for all of us, there's help. So when you look at that tension between where your, where your family is and where the ideal that God has is, when you look at that tension and you see that gap, just don't resolve that tension by giving up. Don't resolve that tension by giving up. But really just rest in His grace and keep moving forward and walk with Him. So with that, I'd like to ask the, like to ask the band to go ahead and, uh, and come back up as we go through some next steps. And uh, if you haven't finished filling out your connection card, now's a great time to do that. You can just drop it in the offering bucket when it comes by. You know, maybe maybe for you today, maybe a next step is just to be more of a team player in your family. Finding ways that you can be a team player and you can help your kids be a part of a team that you're on. And then maybe maybe a next step for you today is just to learn more of God's ideal for the family and really build towards it.
Just learn more of his ideal and build towards it. And then come back for the rest of the series. Come back for the rest of the series might be a great next step. So with that, let me pray and we'll get back to the service. Dear God, Father, I'm just very grateful to you for the help you give us and the grace you give us. And God, I just pray that you'd really show us each individually uh, how we can work this week to make our family closer and closer to your ideal while just resting in you. In Jesus' name, amen.